No, no three words will come, make you come a running like children's drum circle. Today, I'm from A to Ziggy. Jingling. Welcome to From A to Ziggy, the podcast where we talk about every single David Bowie song in alphabetical order. My name is Travis. My name is Thomas. And today we're talking about Ching-a-ling. Ching-a-ling. Really old school Bowie. The proposed single from 1968, recorded with uh, Bowie's old girlfriend, Hermione Farthingale, and Tony Hill at first when they were turquoise, right? Yep, they were soon to be rechristened as Feathers. And then they turned into Feathers when uh, Tony Hill left to form High Tide, which played around London and Bowie, helped him. It was an amicable separation. Yeah. Uh, Tony Hill left and formed this other band, more of an electric band, and brought in John Hutch Hutchinson, which I don't know if we've talked about him. I don't believe we have. So he played with The Buzz, one of Bowie's early bands, and uh, he left for Canada for a little while, and he got into acoustic folk there. Uh, Listened to a lot of Joni Mitchell and... Leonard Cohen, that kind of thing. And he came back from Canada with this sort of acoustic vibe in his soul to contribute. And then uh, Turquoise morphed from this weird multimedia, mime, folk, psychedelic, hippie act. Like into- really everything that makes you roll your eyes about 60s hippies all rolled into one. Yeah. Multimedia, mime, act that started off as Turquoise and became Feathers. Two of the most like obnoxiously 60s hippie band names I've ever heard. Turquoise came from, uh, was like a, a Buddhist reference, I think. That in no way changes my mind. Something <laughs> That actually further proves right? my point. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. All right. So, uh, and then Feathers, I don't know where they got that name. It's, it's sort of softer, I guess. It's, yeah. it's sort of, so John Hutch, Hutch comes in and uh, the whole thing turns more acoustic. I guess Feathers is kind of a more soft. Yeah. Name. Yeah, it doesn't get any more soft than feathers. Right. Now, for all of my just ripping on how obnoxiously hippie those band names are and that whole all the concepts are, this song is pretty rad. I really like this song. Yeah. It's so catchy. Yeah, it's 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 upbeat and it is playing in a loop in my brain as we speak right now. Well it plays in a loop when it plays Yeah. Not in a loop as well. It's it's kind of repetitive. It is very repetitive. But kind of hypnotically so. It's yeah. like one of those that draws you in yeah. with, with the way that it, it it has it has a lot of subtle touches to it that that kind of keep you. It's like background music that you can't stop paying attention to. Yeah, and it's very bouncy. And either if you don't think you're paying attention to it, yeah, the music and lyrics are so repetitive and just, like, hypnotic. You just find yourself bobbing to it. I'm bobbing to it right now. I'm not even listening to the song out loud. And, like, it's just... It's in your head. It's just happening. Also, I, I would be remiss if I didn't point out how wonderfully British the name Hermione Farthingale is. Mm-hmm. I think she was from some arist- aristocratic family. or she That was, sounds was, like the name of someone from an aristocratic family. Like the yeah. daughter of a minister or something. Yeah. So when I was... Like 18 or 19, I played in a band with my first serious girlfriend. Um, we learned, as most every other band that's ever been started by people in a relationship, doesn't really work so hot, um, especially when you're dumb teenagers. Um, so we uh, we called ourselves Luton Plunder. 
because we we took from the line from the uh, Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Yeah. yeah. But then, because I really wanted the name to be even cooler, we spelt it all as one word. So it was L U T E N P L U N D E R, and per my insistence. <laughs> Like, there's very few things I'll really dig my heels in on. And this is the thing I really dug in my heels on. Because I really wanted an umlaut on that first U. And I got my way. You gotta have the umlaut. Gotta have the umlaut. That was one of the few arguments I ever won in that band. I got outvoted on most things. Because my tastes kind of strayed a little bit from theirs. Because the umlaut just makes things more hardcore. Right, yeah. I was like, this, this, we need to be more badass. We have to have that umlaut. Yeah. Um... But we weren't really that badass. We played in the talent show at their high school. I, the, three of the people in the band I played with, um, the three of them went to Westerly High School in Westerly, Rhode Island, and I went to Stonington High School in Stonington, Connecticut. I just graduated. Sounds, sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, rival high schools. I mean, I didn't really care about that crap, but neither did I. But uh, we played in their talent show, and we played uh, predominantly No Doubt covers. Um, so we did an acoustic version of Sunday Morning, Classic, the, uh, no doubt, single from 1996. 97, 96? I can't remember. Oh, that's not the Velvet Underground. No. Sunday. Far morning. from. Okay. Far from. Uh, so that was, our, that was our brief foray into music. But most of the process, we sounded like if you took a punk rock band and then took Meg White and had her play drums for them. It was just really... Meg White is a drummer. Quote, unquote, drummer. Some... From... For the, okay. for those uh, so, uh, from the White Stripes, right. and all of her drumming is very simplistic, and sound, it works for the White Stripes, but would sound terrible for punk rock, and uh, it didn't sound great. Uh, we pulled it together in time for the talent show. We were not a particularly good band, and we didn't last very long. So whenever I think a band started from relationships, that always brings me back to that like nostalgic little place. Oh yeah, I, I was wondering how how we got there. I was inspired by her Hermione Farthingale. Hermione Farthingale. Of the Sussex Farthingales. <laughs> yes? Uh, upstairs Farthingale. Ballet dancer and amateur singer. Yeah. Which kind of, you mentioned Velvet Underground, kind of feels like maybe she ended up in the band through kind of like a, like a Nico kind of situation. Maybe she's Nico in disguise. Yeah. Like someone saying, I mean, in this case, it wouldn't be someone from the outside, but David Bowie being like, I want her to be in this band. Yeah. I don't care if she doesn't really know what she's doing. But actually, I mean, her voice sounds... Lovely in this song. Yeah, she's but it does feel like maybe that was how it happened. Not really a whole lot is known about Hermione. Um, there's a bunch of songs that are sort of inspired by Hermione early on, but I don't think people have really gotten a whole a good sense of who she was. It's it, people have said that maybe she's maybe she went by a false name because she was actually like you know belonged to an important family in England. And she says, uh, she says whilst in her, this is, this is the thing that, this is the, this is the proof positive. This is the absolute nail in the coffin as to who Hermione was. She had to be aristocracy, 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 (laughs) if I'm going to be British. (laughs) Positively aristocracy. Oh man, I don't want you starting a controversy or anything over this. (laughs) (laughs) She, she says whilst. In her verse, yeah. whereas Bowie and Hutch, in their kind of middle-class upbringing, say while. I feel, I think of, as an, as an American, I think of whilst as a kind of upper echelon. Yeah. No, of, if I was talking to someone in conversation, they say, if they said whilst, 
Yeah. I would probably... And it's our, that's our American pers- perspective. Yeah. It's not really said that much here, although it might be more normal in places where English is spoken, like Canada or Australia or England. Any, anywhere but here. Yeah, where the metric system is used. Yeah. Whilst, whilst is the metric version of <laughs> Well, Let's get into the lyrics. Let's talk about the lyrics. Yeah. Do you have them up? So, an interesting bit about the lyrics that we were discussing before we started on this. Getting the lyrics to this entire song is more difficult than one would think. Because technically, the David Bowie verse doesn't exist. It didn't for a while. So, this was recorded in 68. Lindsay Kemp, Bowie's manager at the time, insisted on putting together a promo film of Bowie songs and mime acts, and uh, it was called Love You Till Tuesday. And it never came out until the early 80s. And when Love You Till Tuesday came out on video, they also released the soundtrack album. And in the video, in the film, there's no first verse. It's just Hermione and Hutch. So on the soundtrack album that came out that year, it's just those, those last two verses. But I think there were bootlegs going around of the Bowie verse. And for the longest time, it was like this mystical thing, this, this legend that you could find the, the version of Chingling with the Bowie verse, the suppressed Bowie verse. But eventually it came out on, uh, I forget where, but eventually it, it actually came out. Oh, uh, Sound and Vision, I think, is the, the, compila- the big compilation that Ryko Disc put together as they were doing the big Bowie catalog reissue series and that one was in a mono mix and then in 2010 what was that like 20 years later universal or sony or whoever it was put together the uh comprehensive david bowie Derham album and finally released the previously unheard stereo full length version so now we have the, the whole thing the whole shebang this this uh deluxe edition by the way is amazing it's got two discs the first disc is the stereo version of the album. The second disc is the mono version of the album because they used to mix them separately back then. And then disc two is all proposed singles, actual single versions that are different from the versions on the album and songs that never came out previously unreleased, live versions and all kinds of great stuff. Uh, Worth checking out. Chingling is on there in the full length stereo version. So yeah, so most of the lyrics sites which are crap to begin with. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of them you can kind of have to take a face value. But when you're really needing to get some lyrics and your ears aren't so great, yeah, they're helpful. So the first verse is Bowie. He talks about meeting a man on a lawn. He's got a cold or something. He's got a handkerchief. He blows into it. And he's got, a, he's got a speech impediment. He stutters. He stutters as he sighs. Yeah. So he's like... <laughs> Oh man, that'd be such so awful to be forlorn if you had a stutter when you when you're sighing. Yeah. Oh, what I would do. He uh, he wishes that he played the doodah horn. Which maybe this didn't happen to you, but when I was listening to that verse, it just sounded like something out of Doctor Seuss. I can see that. Which kind of drew me in. So you were hooked. My three thoughts that happened as I was listening to it, because I had the lyrics up in front of me as I was listening to it the first couple times. My first thought was, "What the hell? Where are these these lyrics don't match up to what's happening." I am very confused right now. It wasn't until Hermione's verse came in that I started to kind of piece it together. Second thought was, oh my goodness, these lyrics are completely ridiculous. Because every so often with David Bowie that happens, we're just like, this is completely absurd and ridiculous. But, you know, the 60s. 
And then finally I got to that place of like, oh my God, this sounds like it could be from, like if David Bowie decided he wanted to write music for a Dr. Seuss cartoon. This is David Bowie meets uh, the 500 Fingers of Dr. T. Did you ever see that movie? No. The movie that uh, Dr. Seuss wrote in live action film. I've never seen that. The kid goes into the, the kid is practicing piano and he, he, um, he has this evil piano teacher who has a scheme to abduct 500 kids. So it must be 5,000 fingers. He's got this 5,000 key piano and he wants, he's training all these kids to play it. And he wants to put on this show with the, the piano. So he's, he's abducted them. Can you get this on the internet? Um, you can get it somewhere. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's this weird, whimsical, sort of cartoony lyric. And he wishes he played this made-up horn, the doodah horn. Yeah. Which, appropriately named, because what it does... Just doodah, 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 do. Doodah, 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 do. Um, it's not just a clever name. Yeah. And he'd do anything to make this daydream his. Yeah. He just he wants to play the doodah horn, which I can relate. Definitely relate. You get into the... Uh, the daily grind of just like career and family and all this stuff, and you just forget about your dreams. Yeah. The dreams of the doodah horn. Dreams of the doodah horn. The second verse is Hermione. She's flying, she's not on the ground, she's flying through the air. And it's all blues and clouds and birds. Bowie starts off more Dr. Seuss and she comes in with a little bit of John Lennon. Yeah, this is more Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Yeah. Right? This is Hermione in the sky with uh, bluebird honey tongues. Crystal girls. Crystal. It's Hermione in the sky with crystal. Mm -hmm. uh, she's also got a stutter. Someone's, someone's got a stutter. It's the, uh, the crystal girl. She's got a stutter because she's, she's on amphetamines. Yeah. As we discovered in Changes, that sort of affects your <laughs> speech. Uh, she stutters also as she sighs. She's got the same affliction Man. as the guy on the ground. And, uh, what are the odds? Such an uncommon affliction would affect two people in the same song. And she also pines for a life of, you know, a more aesthetic life, a, a life of, of art and, and pleasure and, and song. She wants to sing. She wants to sing the, uh, the chicken song. The chicken. <laughs> and she would give Did up. Did you say the chicken song? <laughs> and stuttered as she sighed, I wish to sing the chicken song. <laughs> Jingling song is fine. I don't know if this is like the fuck the chicken, like, I don't want to be a chicken, I don't want to be a duck. I don't know when that song came out. Is, is, that, is that what the lyric site says? Yeah. It says, I wish to sing the chicken song. I wish to sing the chicken song. But she'll settle for the chingling song? Yeah. Is that what it says? That's what it says. I and think you're right. I really I think hope it's... it is. I hope this isn't just... Because she's flying in the air. Yeah. She's seeing bluebirds. She is. And she wants <laughs> to see a chicken. <laughs> Oh man, she's gonna be so pissed when she finds out how low chickens fly. <laughs> she wishes to sing the chicken song. Yeah. But the chingling song the is fine. Chingling song is fine. That'll do. And so she proceeds to sing the chingling song. <laughs> Give up her jewels and caviar to sing like a chicken. I think maybe she's a bloof. <laughs> <laughs> so we've discovered it. This is actually. The song actually foresaw arrested development. Again, David Bowie, the time traveler. Yeah. She proceeds to sing the chingling song instead of the chicken song. Yeah. If the chingling song goes chingling, chingling, the chicken song would have... I think the song might have been even better with the chicken song. It maybe would have. I wish she would sing the chicken song. 
God, I hope years from now, when they're still unearthing all these like Bowie treasures in the vault that haven't come out, maybe there's a version of this where she did get to sing the chicken song. The original chicken song. The original chicken song. Oh, God, make it happen. Like, I, I don't even care if we get all the way to, like, why. We're about to enter the whys, and they re-release the chicken song, and we have to double back all the way to see, which would seem like an annoying inconvenience, but I would do it for the chicken song. Would you start at A, and then go go work your way back up to C? That's if, how I would do that's, it. that's the only way that makes I, sense. I would give up alphabetical order to sing the chicken song. You would just go back and insert it into the sequence. I, I would do whatever the alphabetical equivalent of giving up jewels and caviar are. Yeah, I think the only the only acceptable answer is to just do the whole thing again. Do from the a, whole thing from over. From A to C. From A to chicken. A to chicken. And then we have the third verse. And then we have the third verse, which actually um, is considerably less ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, it's like the adult showed up and was like, all right, you two hippies, stop talking nonsense. Yeah. You know they just they just love to play. They're strong. Their love strong hearts. This is this is the uh, this is the two lovers. First was the guy on the ground. Second was the uh, the crystal girl in the air. And the third is the two lovers. And uh, they they're the cliche lovers like John Marsha. They have these wispy voices. Yes. They they're they're so happy. They're crying and they're crying that they uh, that they love to play their. So I have I don't I I didn't look at the lyrics site. It, it sounded like love strung harps or love strong hearts. Yeah, it's lo- love strong hearts. Yeah. Uh, it's not clear to me because how do you play a harp? You can play a harp. You can. And if a harp, if it's a harp, I would think it's strung. Yeah. But you don't play, you don't play the harp. The harp yeah. plays you. That's right. In Russia, harp plays you. <laughs> anyway, they, they love to play something, something related to love. Something love. And, uh,. So they're free. No fetters do they know. Yeah. Because of love. Love is what sets them free. And uh, they don't care about worldly goods. They don't care about money. They have no money. All they have, all they need, is love. All they need is love. Man, how come no one's ever pointed that out before? It's a good message. Yeah. More people should realize that. Um, I don't know. It's trite. Forget about it. It's not yeah. worth it. Love. So I so yeah. What do you think of the, the third verse? Um, it really just. Uh, you say it's more grown up. It's more grown up. It is. It's uh. It's still kind of hippie. Yeah. It still it still fits the vibe of that like '60s hippie folk rock. Um, but there's you know there's no chicken songs or doodah horns. It's a little bit more. You know they're not they're not there's no no one's stuttering as they sigh. They're just you know happy they found each other, which. I gotta say, if I was, I was in a band with a couple, and their two verses were about like wanting to find each other, and then I was stuck singing the like they found each other, they're so happy verse. Oh god, that would that would really go right up my spine. Yeah, it's like, ooh, watch us kiss, watch us make out. Yeah, it is. It's just third wheeling. They're probably making out as uh, Hutch is singing this yeah. verse. He's like he's in the studio, and they're just like in the control room. He must have bludgeoned them both with a doodah horn. I have. I think this song has a beautiful unity to it. You pointed out that there's, there's the first verse with the the man, mm-hmm. the second verse with the woman, and we're being totally heteronormative here, but you know, one person yeah. and the other, and and they find each other in the in the third verse, the two lovers. Yeah, I and mean, the only way it really could have been any more like 
tied together super heteronormative if this is if the third verse had been just the two of them singing it well yeah but they just you know gotta, gotta throw hutch a bone they, so to speak so yeah. to speak they, they got hutch they threw hutch in there it's been, that throw actually, him into the mix that actually is kind of 60s they're, they're swinging a little bit they're, <laughs> they they found each other and hutch is just gonna hang out and, and watch it all happen <laughs> poor hutch so yeah i think this song has a great a great unity to it yeah so um there's the first verse, there's the second verse, and there's just the third verse where they get together. The first verse, the first and second verses are both about music, and the third verse is about love. And following each verse, there's this little musical interlude, this vocal music that all of the, all of the different players contribute, and each yeah. one contributes a different piece. And they all sort of inter, interweave together. There's a sort of counterpunctual thing going on with all of them. The first one is David Bowie. He's doing the doodah horn. That's sort of the the horn. It's kind of like it's sort of like Peter and the Wolf. It's these motifs yeah. that sort of tie together. And the first one is Bowie with his doodah horn. The second one is Hermione with the chingaling song. She's doing the percussion. Bowie's doing the bass, and then Hutch comes in with the melody. And the melody is the love, the love that ties it all together. The music is fine on its own, but you tie it together with love, and it becomes this. It becomes a symphony. Yeah. Exactly. Greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all these different motifs. It's like a Wagnerian sort of symphony or opera kind of thing coming together in the end. And we finally get the love theme, the final part, the melody that comes in after the third verse. And you've, you've probably recognized it, right? Yeah. We've talked a lot about how The Man Who Sold the World has become your favorite album over time. I do. One of them. At one least. of them. It's, at some point it was your favorite. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I find myself kind of nowadays going back and forth between, like, Man Who Sold the World, Z Starless and Spiders from Mars, and I kind of lump the Berlin trilogy together. That whole 70s yeah. run. So, but Man Who Sold the World is up there. But then also Scary Monsters. I know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. Really You've got to stop hard. at some point. It's That's, really hard. But I do really love Man Who Sold the World. Yeah. Really do. A lot of great blues rock, proto-metal stuff yeah. going on, including... Savior Machine. Oh, yes. Yeah. So the theme here becomes the bridge in Savior Machine. The, the love theme from Chingling becomes the bridge in Savior Machine, which I'm not sure what that means. If there's some symbolism there, I haven't really put it together yet. We got a long time to figure it out. Well, not too long. Because, and I don't want to spoil it too early, but uh, the, love, the love theme from Chingling will appear much sooner than that as well. And uh, I'll bring it up when it does. It's gonna be very interesting when it does. And, I'm oh, gonna, and that's all I'm gonna say about it right now. I hope everyone who's sitting is on the edge of their seat too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, listener, keep that in mind. The love theme from Chingaling is gonna come up pretty soon. I'll even tell you how soon, it, before we get out of the Ds, before we get out of the Cs. Before we get to D. Mm-hmm. So soon. Yeah. So very soon. Anything else about Chingling? I like the sound of this song. Me too. It's just such a fun, happy song. Can't be in a bad mood listening to it. And, and just a moment ago, I was trying... Because the music in it reminded me of something I'd listened to before, and I couldn't like, quite put my fingers on it. And part of it was kind of like... Kind of reminds me of like a flight... Like it could be Flight of the Concords. Like no specific Flight of the Concords song, but like... It has a very similar feeling to Flight of the Concords musically. And then the actual riff, the actual guitar riff itself, it sounds like it may have been cribbed 
Um, not the Bowie riff wasn't cribbed. This song cribbed from the Bowie riff, I think. It's, it's actually it's a comedy song. It's called "Too Fast" by John Lajoie, and the uh, I haven't heard this. It is ridiculous and hilarious. It's a lovely pop love song about doing certain things too fast and how unfortunate it is. And here's the thing with, with this finishing song. Finishing your tacos. Yeah. Finishing your tacos. You have no more tacos. Yeah. <laughs> and then having to wait like 20 more minutes before you can have more tacos. Yeah. And the thing with that song and John Lechois songs in general is like you get the initial like hilarity of the lyrics and then you kind of get struck by like how good the songs actually are. Like they're very just catchy well-written songs he's got an excellent voice too like it's stuff you can enjoy on multiple levels but this song too fast kind of reminds me of chiggling there's just the music in it hmm. there's a it used to bother me to the sound of this song the mix something about the the equalization it sounded kind of like those duophonic beatles recordings like the capital records yeah they do duophonic and then did they Am I wrong about this? But I think they would uh, they would take the duophonic stereo version and then mix that down for the mono version in the U.S. And then it would be like this really muddy, gross-sounding thing. I might be wrong about that, but um, they would alter it. They would sound terrible. And then this just sounded... I thought it sounded terrible. Um, I think it's supposed to sound this way. But there's just some there's some really extreme equalization going on so that the bass stands out and so that the voices and the, 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 dif- the different instruments stand out. Um, it's just kind of odd. And then there's this guitar part, this electric guitar, the strumming, that's very soft in the mix. You can just barely hear it, barely pick it out. And there's a sort of a bend that goes on as he's, as he's playing the riff that uh, is just so subtle that you listen for it and it's like, it's almost sublime. Once you pick it up, pick up on it, it's just, oh, there it is. It just happens once each verse, and oh, there it is. It's like, just wait for it. Oh, okay, all right, that was great. And then it goes, it happens again in the second and third. Oh, there it is. It's great. See, I didn't give this song the ear, the, uh, the headphone. Do it. Listen to it now in I regret it. headphones. Yeah. Put every it, time I watched it, every time I listened to it, it was just on YouTube through my TV. Put this song straight yeah. in your ears. Uh, now we met. So when I was uh, on my way over here, as I was leaving Real Deal, I went to grab my earbuds. Local out of my sandwich backpack. shop, Real Deal. Lo- local sandwich shop. Delicious sandwiches and pizza. Um, if you're ever in the Jamaica Plain area. Right next to the uh, hipster fire department, too. Right next to the hipster fire department, which may have popped up on our Facebook recently. And I went to pull out my earbuds and I realized I had left them at home. Because my, my intention was to kind of like, I tend to listen to things on a loop when I'm walking over. Just oh, yeah. kind of like really beat it into my brain. So I lost his, I could have picked that up on my way here. It would have been like one one extra thing. Pick it up on your way home. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I don't have my earbuds on me. So I'm going to, when I get home, put in the earbuds. Give it a good listen. Do that. Put the song straight in your ears. It's great. Yeah. I mean, that really is the best way to listen to everything. Anything else about chingling? Not that I can think of. Like the music, like the words, like the motifs, this, the lyrics. Let's get into ratings. Let's get into ratings. Um, I, like I, said, I really like this song. It's catchy as hell. Old Bowie. Always so good. And I just I really love how silly this song is. It should be horribly insufferable hippie crap. 
And it is not. I mean, it is, but it's so good that it overcomes some of the insufferable hippie crap that it does. And I say this being someone who enjoys some insufferable hippie crap. I mean, can't be a Beatles fan or not, at least on some level, enjoy that kind of thing. So long story short, I, I will, I'm going to give this song three and a half doodah horns. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I think it's a, a good song. I, I feel like Bowie's sort of, uh, he's earnest. He means it with his, uh, with his whole, his message. He's coming from a different place, I think, than the hippies are. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, he's, he was, he was actually, he was into Buddhism. Like he actually studied Buddhism. And now, I mean, lately this becomes sort of a trite kind of theme. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Sure. You're studying, studying Buddha. Like, yeah. Rude gesture. Rude gesture. A, uh, for the listener. Yeah. But Bowie like was, was a student of, of a Buddhist monk for a little while. He was, and he didn't really join the hippie movement. He kind of tried to shy away from it. Yeah. And but then, still kind of showed showed up to it. In, they basically, uh, in a yeah, way. yeah. He, he he gave in a little bit with this song and some others, but uh, very shortly he was kind of railing against it. Yeah, screw this hippie crap. I'm gonna put out a metal album. Yeah, and I think this was this was him sort of connecting with the whole hippie thing, but not really. I mean, he's yeah. coming at it from a, a, a even a more genuine place. You know, yeah, a lot of the kind of putting them in their place a little bit. A little bit. Not so much not with this really. song, because this song is still on its on its surface, kind of a silly tune. But it's but heartfelt too. This it is, is heartfelt. This is a love song. But I'm sure a lot of the stuff that does come from a more informed place kind of comes off as putting the the kind of the Johnny Come Latelys into place. Like, yeah, you think you understand this, but I actually do understand this. Yeah, and I think he's he's got a right to do so. Like, yeah, he, he oh, knows. Yeah. He's a smart guy. Which is why, out of five doodah horns. I would actually give this song a five. Five doodah horns. I do wow. come back to this song. I I put on uh, the David Bowie Darum album specifically to hear Chingaling. I love this album. It, yeah. I mean the bonus disc. This I mean, this is. I lo- I love this song. Yeah, five doodah horns. As ridiculous and Susian as those words are. I mean. Five. Three a doodah horn for me and a doodah horn for you. Let's let's all play our doodah horns and go to Kalamazoo. Yes, I mean we say it like kind of dismissively, like oh, it sounds like a Dr. Seuss lyric, but Dr. Seuss is amazing. So yeah, I mean, ergo, Dr. Seuss plus David Bowie is face melting, mind blowing, awesome. Anything else to say about uh, this song before we go? I think that's all I got on this one. All right, yeah, we have a lot of good stuff to say yeah. about this. All right, so so uh, that's all for uh, Chingaling. We talked about doodah horns and Dr. Seuss and Chingaling songs and bells and little instruments. Those are the kinds of things you can pick up uh, at toy shops. You ever gone to a toy shop and like seen the uh, little kids' instrument sets? And you wonder what parent would willfully purchase a, a percussion set for a three-year-old. Yeah, and then I resent my parents for never doing it when I wanted it and also understanding why they didn't. It's and then be- also still really wanting to buy one. Yeah. It's because those toy sellers are such convincing salesmen when they say, come and buy my toys. Come and buy my toys. 
which incidentally is the next song. Oh, which I would like to take this up. I want to. I want to shout out some. Pe- so you were talking earlier about how about, about some we, we've experienced a groundswell, as it were. Yeah. And I want to buy you people toys in that like in a theoretical those toys being just gratitude because I'm poor. Um, no, but no gifts of money. No actual gifts, but I, I send you toys for my heart. Actually, the other day, I, I so I haven't been getting as many of the Twitter notifications as, as I mentioned because I just got a new phone. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. It's it's the two Ks. It happens. Um, but I did get um, one of the Facebook notifications, and it, I would say it was probably like one of our first actual comments. We got a fan letter. We got a fan letter, guys, from Catherine Malloy. Um, mentioned us in a post saying that she, uh, she came to it late and, it, it, you know, so it was be- and she's incredibly behind. Uh, but that means she's excited to listen to episodes one per day. That it's a great way to start the morning. And uh, she's, she's concerned about the day that she catches up and has to wait in between episodes, um, which we will try not to let happen. That's, yeah, we'll try not to let that but, happen. But, you know, that's, that's showbiz sometimes. Catherine, thank you for your letter. And we, yeah, that... Well, the um, day maker. It's, it's good. To, it's, you know, you, you see the numbers sometimes on there and you're like, it's theoretical. But it's nice to know that there's people out there and, and you're giving them something to do on their commute. So, yeah, I come to buy you heart toys. And, um, yeah, we will try not, we will try to never let you catch up. We will put off recording as many episodes (laughs) as we can. We will slip out of, uh, our schedule as much as we possibly can. You know. We will delay and delay so that you never have to catch up. (laughs) Never. (laughs) That kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. Because you want it to not have to wait. You know what? Maybe we should just ramp up production. We should do an episode a day. We should do two episodes, two episodes a, day. a day. Maybe we just need to start writing more David Bowie songs so we don't run out of episodes. Yeah. No, thank you for your letter. This was, this, that was awesome to receive. Also, apparently we just learned that we are referred to Facebook comments as letters years old. Yeah, you and me. Yeah, yeah right. That's how. That's, that's how old, how old we, are. we are. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your fan letter. <laughs> what is it really called? Um, a a Facebook post. post? A mention. Yeah, it's a, a post. Yeah, she mentioned us in a post. Okay. Um, which I don't I, know what those words mean. Which, by the way, I, I like fan letters better. I when think I, it sounds cooler. I mean, a post is when you go to the post office, right? Yeah. She went to her internet post office and and mentioned. Here's the address. Yeah. Post it for me. <laughs> we have a podcast, but know nothing about the internet. <laughs> this microphone might not even be plugged in. Until next time, whenever that is, you can follow us on the Facebook and on the Twitter. We Twitter sometimes. And uh, Facebook a page. And uh, Instagram, sometimes even. Next next time, we're going to be talking about coming by my toys. You can follow us at From A to Ziggy on the various social media network sites. That's what they're called, right? Social yeah. media networks. And uh, until until next time, my name's Thomas. And my name's Travis. And we're going to go play some doodah horns. Please don't say that. Oh, yeah, that sounds horrible. Listen, I, I'm not that kind of girl. Oh, and I it's just, there. I was just leaving my mouth. I was like, nope, that doesn't sound like what I wanted to sound like at all. <laughs> it's too late. No, oh, it belongs to the internet now. Out there. It can never be deleted. Say it's true. They got